How you feeling? It is time to dig into Sims's film vault. He's watched more games this week than maybe ever before. I think so. How's that big brain of yours, Sims? It's fried. I was going to say, it's been a very tired week. Josh looked at me yesterday and said, I think Sims is dying. I, I think little. your brain is scrambled. It is a little. I think you're just a little screwed up this week. Yeah. It's caught is it up just, to you. Is it week it five? Is it, is it yeah, going into week it, six? It's just, you know, it's a lot. And then there's always extra thrown on the plate. So well, just some of that extra on the plate me. may have been a latke. It may have been some locks, may have been a matzo ball soup. If you haven't seen it yet, Wednesday, 8 p.m., we gave Tariq Cohen a bear mitzvah. Let's just say it ends with us doing the hora and lifting him on a chair while he's wearing a bear's yarmulke, giving a milli rock. I would say easily the peak of my career. I don't know about you, but I don't think it's getting better for me than L'chaim. that. L'chaim, absolutely. <laughs> and look at the shirt that Fendrick's wearing. Let's Ooh. take that full. Your microphone's in the way. Just, just quantify, quantify it. it. That's nice. It is. For you, Sims. Thank you. Appreciate that. Didn't I give you one the other day? You did. And you're not wearing it. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. I took it home, though. It is home. Give it to the kids. Yeah. Give Extra it to the kids. A well. uh, big moment Monday night. Drew Brees passes Brett Favre. Annie Pratt passes uh, Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning. Yep. Uh, he currently stands at 72,103. Before we talk about the moment. Yeah. How many yards do you think Breeze ends with? Do you think I heard some people say he could definitely get one or two? I I could see Breeze playing a year or two more. I think so too. I could see Breeze getting close to, to yeah, eight, 80,000. 80, probably. I mean, let's see. This year we're a quarter of the way through. He's probably what somewhere in the 1500 range right now. Um Yes, probably, it's going could, to be close. He could be around 75,000 by he, the year. He certainly can. I mean, uh, with the way that you could pass in today's NFL? Exactly. He's uh, thrown for 1,658 yards right, so far Right, that's where year. he's at this year. Yep, yeah, so 4,300 last year, 5,200 the year before. So he's definitely going to go over 4,000 this year, and we know that. And it's just going to be whether it's low 4,000s, high 4,000s. And yeah, he's two more years, he's going to fall just short of 80,000, which is amazing. It's It didn't think it was possible. Like with, ha- with the way Peyton, looked when right. he was finishing his career right. I didn't think it'd be possible no what did you think of the moment the moment was amazing I Wasn't mean to it? do it in that kind of style what's that was awesome it's the dream it really is and then our boy Dave Baker was there to take away the ball and say I will protect this with the sanctity of the game See, he was wearing white gloves when he took the uh, ball I mean the, the man really sells a moment doesn't I, he I mean uh, it was cool though and I also find it fitting that the guy was wide open along the sideline and ran in for a touchdown I just think I mean I funny. texted you guys and said I think it's it's fitting that half of his yards tonight are coming off of screens. So it's all right. But it's we all can't good. hate on him. No, no, we're not hating it. on him. He's he's and again, we don't hate on him. That's Thank it's you. not about hate. Nobody hates. We just say he's not the top five You're quarterback hater, all time. We're just we're just being that guy. But either way, we're just keeping it real. He was amazing. He was amazing the other night. Uh, he certainly was, and it's well deserved. And I'm glad he's getting all the credit that he's getting. I thought his moment with his sons, where he pulled them around yeah. and he says, "You can achieve anything if you work hard." Loved it. Yep. Um, you know, the fact that they got him mic'd up. Did I think ESPN did a good job? No, 
because I'll tell you that ESPN on Monday Night Football hasn't done a good job all yeah, season. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's, hey, let's do that moment one more time. Guys, I've seen it yeah, 17 times. Yeah, you've shown it three times. times already. I know. Um, but, man, I, I went on a radio station in Toronto, and they were like, Breeze is top five all time, right? And I was like, no, he's just not. And, it, and they were like, what? And we got into the conversation, and I said, look, like, Elway did it with nobody. Marino did it with nobody. Like, Look at the help that Drew Brees has had. Like, look at all the the weapons around. Look at the coaches, and it's a bigger conversation. How it do is. you separate an all time great player from his all time great coach? Right. It's weird that Jordan doesn't get mentioned with Phil Jackson, but Kobe gets mentioned with Phil Jackson to go cross sports. But Joe Montana, well, he had Bill Walsh, right. one of the premier sure. play callers of all time. Right. Oh, Terry Bradshaw, oh, Chuck Knoll. You know, you can't separate those guys. Right. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be an issue for like 40 years. I get it. But Sean Payton and Drew Brees, do you separate? How do you figure well, out? You, first of all, I don't think you can compare basketball, right? Basketball, one player can change the game. I mean, right. literally. I mean, LeBron goes to one team and all of a sudden you go, well, they're one of the favorites to the finals. It doesn't work like that in football. Um, yeah, separating it is really hard to do. It really is. And it takes a trained eye to a degree. I would uh, I would argue that it takes somebody that understands true concepts of football and play calling and things like that. And I'm not trying to demean anybody. I'm not trying to sit here on a pedestal and be like, I played the game. I played the game and you didn't. I, I, I get that. I'm not. But but I also need to take like some credit for being taught by some really smart people and offenses and I being think, around NFL quarterbacks my whole life. I have a new take yeah. that you could do that not a lot of athletes can. What? I don't think you having played the game helps you. I think you understanding how to watch a game helps you. Definitely. That's what I think fans don't understand. Right. Everybody can look at a football game and see a 50-yard touchdown by Drew Brees and go, he's good, the receiver's good, and the defense is bad. Right. Which is, I feel like, how fans watch the game. Right. But you are looking at keys. You'll come away from a first half with different notes than just a fan watching it. You know how to watch it. And I don't think that's even just from playing it. I think it's from how you learned how to study film. Yeah, no, I think that's a huge part of it. My times in rooms with Gruden day after day and Josh McDaniels and breaking down film with the Patriots and then, hey, knowing what's realistic to ask of a quarterback because I did get to experience that to a degree and know what's easy and what's not easy for a quarterback. Having, you know, the fact that I've been on the field with people like Drew Brees many times and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and I've seen Brett Favre play right in front of me two different times. So, and what does that allow you to well, see? I mean, it allows me to see their physical greatness or their differences in physicality in person, which TV is not always going to do justice to. A lot of people would say that right. Breeze's strength is not all physical. Right. Breeze's ability to see the field, Breeze's comprehension of the playbook, Breeze's ability to be a coach on the field. Yeah. How would you respond to that? Because that's would, definitely. I would respond any one of the great quarterbacks in the history of football have all. All those qualities. Just the, that, he's that. not greater in that than than the the Elways, the Mannings, no. the Farves. No, not at all. No, and and in fact, I would say that's where I would go. Well, Sean Payton lessens that argument because he just goes, "Here's Mark Ingram wide open, three but now, yards." But now we're back to that discussion. So, right. so you know that it's more Sean Payton than Drew Brees because of. I, I know it's more sh- because of the amount of easy completions that are given, the different formations, 
all the creative plays I watch every week and go, oh, that was cool. Uh, the ability for Sean Payton to dial up screens and you go, damn, is he just lucky or is he dial up the screen against the most perfect defense every time? I mean, so, so it's all those things added to the fact of also what I always go back to. What do you do when the play isn't perfect? What do you do when the play is not perfect? And that's always going to happen to any quarterback on any team a few times a game. And you don't think Breeze, when it breaks down, is that great? I think he's good. He's not special. I would say he's, out of all the all-time greats, he's definitely not in the class of some of the other all-time greats when it comes to that. I mean, We also yeah. saw Brady on Thursday night, right. and that video came out from like our new favorite guy being like, oh, what an incredible three-yard pass by Tom right, Brady. Right. There was like 15 to 20 plays sure. of quick little checkdowns. Sure. But I also, when I'm watching that, I go, you know, you need the right conductor to, to organize that yes. and to execute that. Yeah. And it's so it's this weird thing where you need a guy to be like super polished at that. Right. Do you know what Drew Brees' completion percentage is this season? 72. 78. Yeah. He's damn near 80. Yeah. Like we freaked out when Sam Bradford broke 70 two years ago. Yeah. He's at 78%. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And he's a, an incredible passer, and he's a really good athlete, and he does everything really good. Am I shocked that he is throwing for over 70%? Not in the slightest. Again, I would say any of the 15, top 15 quarterbacks in football right now would throw for 70% of that offense. And, and it's not a shot at him. Any yeah. of them would. But, hey, yes, is he worth another 5 or 6% because of his timing, anticipation, yes. you know, knowledge of the offense, all of that? But, again, I mean, you watched the game the other night. And, again, I'm not trying to take away, but how many times were people wide up? Did you really make – how many throws did he – did you go away from that game going, ooh, man – Look at that throw. Whoa, that was he was under pressure and he fit that one into a tight window. We didn't say that one time. People it's not more to say compl- he hasn't done that. People but- more comment on how quickly he gets a slant and how quickly he gets it out of his hands. Yeah. I think we we've talked about numbers and how they're deceiving so many times. JPP gets six sacks in one game, and then at the end of the year he's got like ten and a half yeah. sacks, and people forget that like sixty percent right. of it happened in one game and not a lot happened the rest of the year. So when you see Breeze's numbers now it's going to be impossible to argue we said this about phil sims getting to the hall of fame the ship has probably sailed yeah i mean because numbers, these numbers are going to be absurd numbers are all they're all going to be absurd they're all going to go through the roof i mean it's a, like i would say I, w- I would say it's an easy 20 15 20 000 extra yards that the new age quarterback gets to, to see so and one guy that's going to benefit from right. that Admitted it. Tom Brady called today's NFL glorified college football. Yeah. He said, I think football now, removing some of the physical elements of the game, it's more of a space game. You see a lot of college plays more in the pro game than what I remember when I started. That's how it's gone over the last bunch of years. Yes. Do you see that too? Yes, certainly. I mean, it's it's my biggest complaint. I mean, when Landon Collins almost intercepts a pass and the ball goes through his hands and they call the penalty on him. What I would argue would go, that should have been defenseless receiver on Devin Funches for hitting Landon Collins. I mean, that that's, of course, Tom Brady's right. Tom Brady played in the era when he won his first three Super Bowls. 200 yards and the defense held you to 17. Right. And then yeah. it was and then it was also like, hey, Tom, it's a big play. We need you to throw a 40-yard strike here, and he would deliver. That's the way Troy Aikman played in the 90s, and people are always going to look back and go, well, his stats aren't very good. Well, yeah, he was asked to do a whole different set of things. 
But it is an interesting conversation. It's where I do think size is going to be played out of the game at the quarterback position. It's going to slowly be pushed out because it just doesn't matter. The game's space. What's wear and tear on your body anymore? You can't even hit the quarterback. So who cares if you're six foot, 175 pounds? Who cares? I mean, if you get touched, it's first down. Let's go. Keep the chains and rolling. And it also benefits so smaller, things. less athletic receivers that are maybe better at reading zone coverages. Yeah, it's it's certainly to be can, can lead all to that. All, all to that. I mean, I don't even know where I want to go with this point. Either way. Hey, listen, Todd, Drew Brees, this <laughs> is where I want to... That, that, that is a verbal Wiley Coyote. It is. I want to button it up with the Drew Brees conversation. Okay. Like the Drew Brees conversation. Do I want... I'm not going to sit here and just go, he's definitely top 10 all time. He's in that conversation. He's somewhere between... 8 and 12. 8 in the and words 13. of Sims, he's a legend of the game. He's a legend of the game. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes. I'm not denying. He won one Super Bowl. To bother to to use a quote from you that you said a few weeks ago Tell me, baby. that I think says it all. Tell me, baby. It's not a crime for some reason if the Saints only win one Super Bowl with Drew Brees, but for whatever reason, yeah. it's a crime if Green Bay Packers don't with Aaron Rodgers. Everybody within that comment right there is telling you how much better Aaron Rodgers is, but they they don't really want to admit it or deal with it. But but I was on a radio station. They were like, man, but he's so consistent. I go, yeah, you know what he's consistent at? Yeah, he went 11 and 5 last year. You know what he was the three years before? Oh. 7 and 9, 7 and 9, what? 7 and so 9. That's but I... no one ever got upset about Nobody... it because, and, and then we go, You're right. yeah, but Drew never had a defense. Peyton Manning never had a fucking defense for a decade, and nobody said shit. They just said he got he 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 messed up against the Patriots Has Tom in the playoffs. Brady's defense been good the last no. few years. Nobody seems to give him that excuse. What? So hold on, have you ever seen the Drew Brees thing, Oprah clip? Two things. Third thing, have you ever seen the Drew Brees Oprah clip? Of course. When she thinks he's got a smudge. Smudge, right? Oh, I know. If you, if there's some people that haven't seen it. Just type in Drew Brees, Oprah, and Oprah thinks that Drew Brees has lipstick on his cheek and is really his birthmark. And Drew Brees is as amazing as everybody wants to make him, right? And he's still awesome, man. It's hard not to have this. You can't have a real conversation about this. I mean, San Diego wouldn't have pushed him out the door for Phillip Rivers. I mean, if it wasn't was that the shoulder injury, it wasn't that it was that they were pushing him out regardless. He was going to be done because they were the most talented team in football were and weren't going to go to the playoffs. So they were like, Marty Schottenheimer wanted to move on. They were going to blame Drew Brees. Again, if Drew Brees was as awesome as he is right now, why were the Saints going to take Patrick Mahomes until the Chiefs traded up in front of him? If the Saints took Patrick Mahomes, what would be happening right now? I don't know. It's too hard to say. I have a hard time thinking the New Orleans was going to abandon ship after being in the final eight last year. Okay? He's still awesome. He still can win the Super Bowl. Um... They have the best O-line in the sport, maybe, certainly in the convo. You know, we talked about Sean Payton. They have a great receiving core and running back core. Here's my big thing with this, though. Ooh, it boils down to this. I'm not going to put Drew Brees in front of these people at any point, and I don't care if he throws for wins another Super Bowl and has 10 more thousand yards. I don't care if he ends up with 90,000 yards passing. He is never going to be in front of Aaron Rodgers, John Elway, Tom Brady, Manning, which one? Peyton. Okay, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Marino, Favre, Montana, and I'm not putting him in front of Terry Bradshaw. There's no way, never. Terry Bradshaw threw for 212 career touchdowns in a time when people were throwing for 140 for their careers, and they were going, "Whoa, that's amazing." Even in the 70s, he threw for 212 career touchdowns and played a style where they were like running on first, running on second. Hey, Terry, it's third and 12. Do you mind throwing a Louisiana bomb for us? And he'd go, "Here, John Stallworth." 
here, Swan. Yeah. So, again, it's the context of how the game plays. Oh, he gets the slants out so quick because they're wide open every time. It goes back into that. And I could say these same things about Tom Brady. It's hard to balance this conversation. Who would you take, Bre- uh, Breeze or Warren Moon? That's another. That's That would be somebody he'd be in the Who conversation for with. Oof. Breeze or Johnny Unitas? It's exa- another guy. Exactly right. I try not to get into the two old Breeze or Jim Kelly. It's very close. I'll say that. I think I would certainly take, uh, before you said... Uh, Breeze or Steve Young? You said, uh, who would you say before Johnny Unitas? Uh, I said Jim Kelly, Johnny Unitas. And what was the other uh, one? It was Warren Moon. Oh, I, I mean, I, Warren Moon, that would be very close. I would take Warren... Roger Stallback is in that conversation. Roger Stallback went to four Super Bowls. He won two. He is the guy who scrambled around and made plays like no other. But what his career stat like everybody's Dan gonna put Fouts him in the or con- Drew Brees. I would probably take Drew, but okay. Dan's in that convo there. Yeah, I mean, but yet you're saying that you're making my point here. I would put Big Ben I was somewhere in that class. I mean, okay, so that's what I mean. The winning's important for some arguments, and then other arguments, it's not. And I it's, think that's what frustrates me. I think what we've learned today is Sims is a heightist. He does not like quarterbacks that are not yep. tall. That's what it comes I, down to. I love Russell Wilson. <laughs> I was I was one of the He's first one last year to say Baker Mayfield deserves to be in the first round conversation. You did, you did, you did. So, I was only kidding. I don't. I was only kidding. <laughs> no, but I think it's I think it's fascinating because the love affair with Drew, you know where I think it really stems from? What? When his kid wore the headphones during the Super Bowl when it was too loud. Right. It was the first time we saw that, and it was the most adorable picture ever. That's the reason he got on Oprah. We should love Drew Brees. And he's, he's an amazing and person. And I'm rooting for the Saints because I him. love Sean Payton too. Yeah. I'm rooting for them. Other, I'm just trying to keep it real. I mean, I... I when keeping it real goes wrong. I mean, I'm Chris capable Sims, of Drew saying Brees what edition. my truth of his career is or my father or anybody else, but... Yeah. I don't, it's just it's so sensitive this subject. Holy oh, cow! It's weird. Yeah. Other side of the game. Yeah. Josh Norman apparently benched in the second half. Got into a fight with Michael Thomas on Twitter because Michael Thomas was like, "I put him on the bench." A uh, little statistic here, according to Pro Football Focus, a perfect passer rating is one fifty eight point three. Yeah. Josh Norman is allowing a one fifty six point three. Damn. So what's up with Josh Norman? Um, I mean, tell the truth. We got to get that clip. Tell the truth. Well, he's never been a shutdown man-to-man corner. I don't know why everybody is taking so long to come along with us. If they've listened to us back in 2015 when they were winning the Super Bowl in Carolina, we were trying to tell everybody that year he never follows the best receiver. The Odell Beckham Jr. Josh Norman matchup was a farce. I mean, it wasn't. It's was if Odell lined up on Josh's side. But beyond side, zone, yeah, is he not a good zone? No, no, he's, he's he's screwing up. I mean, there's no other way to say it. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, we could either talk about the record-breaking touchdown where, you know, hey, they motioned to a set. They found a flaw in the Redskins' defense and exposed it. I mean, three of the big pass plays of that football game came from the same play. I mean, and Redskins screwed it up all three times. And was it Josh Norman? No, it was not Josh okay. Norman. It was Josh Norman once. Other time, I'm not sure if it was Dunbar on the other side or Swearinger. It was t- yeah, yeah. tough to tell. But, you know... Um, yeah, you said that he was supposed to drop back, but for some reason stayed in the flat. He, they on the were record playing cover two. They were playing cover two, and he's supposed to take the flat. 
but there um, must have been a coverage adjustment when the motion came across and now made it went from a two by two set to a three by one set Sean and they were Payton. going to cover three and he still sat there and played cover two also on the goal line touchdown in the back of the end zone not a hundred percent sure but pretty sure that was josh norman's fault too at least where does josh norman rank in the nfl right oh now? gosh it's way down the list i mean he's are we in the tens are we in the 20s oh yeah yeah we're down in the 20s for sure and he's being paid 75 million? yes which was a ridiculous contract to begin with again i wouldn't you can't pay any zone corner that kind of money yes you can't i will say this though yeah that is what we call good marketing Josh Norman Amazing. maximized his value did. by being one of the rare defensive players to to be a household name in Carolina. Yeah. That's incredible. I know. The way he made himself available going on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, that was even after the right. fact. But he has a personality. He's got a good twang. And he saw Odell can be my ticket. Yeah. Remember, I was with him the day that he found out he was going to Washington. Right. And the reason he chose Washington is because he's in the NFC East. Yeah. And the NFC East gets on TV all the time. Yeah. How many times do you see Dallas and Philadelphia and this Thursday night? The Philadelphia Eagles take on the New York Giants. I mean, the Titans can't even get a, a, an actual broadcasting duo that I've heard of. Let's go to Steve Meekamik and Bob Turner. And you're like, I don't know who these guys are. But Tennessee old, Buffalo. Steve Meekamik is I did. Steve Meekamik calls a good game. I agree. Strong. He goes, smash. He calls like a 1940 gangster. All right, hold on. We got to look at one thing. Because he's still the highest paid corner in football, which is hilarious, at $15 million a year. Wow. Okay, and I just want to see what if because I would think just common knowledge would be that they can get out of this contract after this oh. year. By the way, I looked the Giants. Eli is only six million dollars of dead cap next Ooh, year, and that's exactly what Josh Norman is. So, so you're telling me that next year Eli and Josh Norman could both be cut? They could be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's fun. It's a fun game to play. Which star could be cut next year? Yeah, I would think that. I mean, all you have to do is listen to the Monday Night Telecast. Again, why would they say that Alex about that? That Alex Smith is better than Kirk Cousins? Well, (laughs) we have a lot of people tweeting at us during Monday Night Football and being like, Ooh, did you hear what Booger just said? I wonder which coach told him that. Exactly right. So when all three announcers go off on Josh Norman's no longer the second or the best corner on the team, that's not just like they Joe Tessator stumbled on this in his film study and was like, Hey, guys, you know what I think we should talk about? No. Hey, Book! (laughs) Yeah. This I'm is on it. it's not bad. I'm not bad. <laughs> that was pretty good. Hey book. Hey book, you got a lot of jewelry on that hand down there. Got to get excited. We got a real Super Bowl winner down there in Book McFarland. Good to have you on the broadcast. Now let's go to Lisa Salters with a little ravioli. You got a little more bass to your voice. You're close. Though. Hey. Hey book. What's up, book? <laughs> but uh yes. Good, good job, Wit. That was being Something that I'm sure was fed to them through talking to the coaches all week. They're, they're the most transparent. They are. Like they are. Nance and they Romo. They might as well just be like, the coaches told I us. I was talking to Jay yeah. Gruden. He has not been impressed with the Josh Norman. The secondary coaches said. All right, just to kind of show, like, look, we've been talking a lot of East Coast teams. There is an East Coast bias. New Orleans is not on the East Coast. We're talking about Washington. Okay. Washington. <laughs> but there are advantages to East Coast biased if you're not on the East Coast. If you want to get attention for good plays, playing in New York, in New England, uh, with the with either of the New York teams, Philadelphia, yeah. it helps you. It does. But if you're it's doing things that are wrong, maybe it's good for you. Odell makes a comment that his quarterback can't run anymore, and people thought that he called out his entire lifetime existence as negligible. 
Antonio Brown, as we have aforementioned, has threatened to break a reporter's jaw, has recorded a Facebook Live in the locker room, has had multiple tantrums on the sideline, openly yelling at coaches, other players, and knocking off Gatorades, and now is being sued for throwing items off a balcony and nearly hitting a two-year-old child, throwing tens of thousands of dollars of expenses vases. But guess what? When I turn on NFL Live today, they're breaking down Lil Wayne again. There is an advantage if you're not on the East Coast and you get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Antonio Brown does not have to worry about being more famous, but I'll tell you what, he also doesn't have to worry about getting called out in the media. It really is incredible to watch. I mean, Odell, if he was doing this, he's getting roasted. He's getting destroyed. He's getting cut. He's getting cut. They're going to be like, damn, we we can't deal with you anymore. And and you can't say that Antonio Brown doesn't play for a less moral franchise because the Roonies are right up there with the Maris. Yeah. It's just interesting. Just want to, I'm just going to keep reminding people. No, again, again, we're not hating on Antonio not Brown. Not hating. It, I'm just presenting facts. It's, it's just, it is amazing. The double standard. And it, it's with all across the board right now. And anything with football, just whatever it is, comparing who's better. It's you know, really crazy because it's not like Antonio Brown doesn't have crazy hair and like a super huge like social media following. Like he really is the Odell of Pittsburgh, but they're just covered completely different. And the theory is with East Coast bias when good morning football based in new york uh pro football talk based in connecticut yeah, nbc right all of the producers not even just the talent don't always blame the talent yeah when they pick up their new york post right when they pick up their new york daily news and the front page is odell subconsciously that's the top story in their no, it, it's a problem it, uh, yeah i listen in every newsroom that's a sports newsroom around the country the biggest problem is most of the people in those newsrooms are from new york or boston that's that why is, i read the pittsburgh post gazette every morning that, good for you baby. Yep, that's that the first is, thing i do that is truly an issue though it really is i can't I'm, get I'm over a huge it. fan of the the louisiana times picayune oh the picayune times, picayune, picayune guy huh? um what do you read, Sims? Vegas Journal Review, another great paper. Oh, nice. Yeah. Ooh. I'm a big Sacramento Bee guy. What do you got, Sims? Name a paper. The Dallas Morning News. Nice. Yes, thank you. Philadelphia. Austin American Statesman. Philadelphia Inquirer. Ooh, never heard of it. Really? Yeah. Hey, I really don't want to sound like a Drew Brees hater, hater, though. Like, I have an ultimate respect for him. I'm just trying to... I don't want I don't want people to think I'm a hater on that. I just yeah, that bothers well, me. If you just said that Drew Brees is fighting to be the ninth best quarterback of all time, yeah, it's just funny because if they see ten and you're at the bottom of that list, yeah. it's bad. But there's thousands of other quarterbacks that come after nine. Yeah, thousands. I know. But you know, a Terry Bradshaw is the most interesting one you said because. You see the rings, and I think of the winning's defense. not important for that one. I don't know why Bradshaw doesn't. That's get what any I mean. Credit. Winning doesn't matter for some guys, and then other ones it gets used for, and that's what annoys the me. The other conversation right now in Pittsburgh, we're going to put Sims right now on fantasy Ooh. watch. Ooh. Big Ben comes out, and he wants James Conner to still get carries once Le'Veon returns. "Quote: I will push for James to get as much run as we can because we've seen some great things from him in all phases of football. He picks up blitzes, he's catching the ball, he's running hard, he's making plays, he's." playing with passion so we need to keep using that sims there's a lot of guys out there on their fantasy teams they got james connor some people have Le'Veon bell some people have both some people might be trading for one what's your read on when james connor gets back what happens in that backfield well people 
You can go both ways. It's an option this day and age. It's 2018. So if you want to go both ways, it's Running cool. backs, starting we running backs are a spectrum. It's all good in the hood. Yes. Okay. You going to write that down? No. Nope, oh, that was tough. Got... His face was red. I was like, do I want to write it? He was like, do I have to write it? Nah, I didn't um, I, I find that it would be an interesting quote. Very. Because is Big, I guess this, I'll pose the question. Is Big Ben saying this to actually help the Le'Veon Bell situation? Like, hey, Le'Veon, you don't have to come. We won't, we won't abuse you right away when you get in because we know that's oh, one you, of Le'Veon's oh. issues. I'm just throwing out food for thought. I'm talking. I don't, I don't know where I really. So is he saying it that way to also go like, you know, let's let's make Le'Veon feel like we're not going to just abuse him when he gets back and go, hey, first game back, here's 40 touches, kill yourself. Lefko Media, yeah. never forget that someone's asking him this question. Yes. What do you think's going to happen to James Conner when Le'Veon gets back? Right. He cannot answer, we go full Le'Veon. Yeah, right, right. Like That's... James Conner, I know you got to run against Cincinnati. Right. But like, by the way, in two weeks after right. the bye, nah, you're not. <laughs> yeah, like, he to. can't say that. No, I know. I, you're exactly right. So you, you know? have to take that into account. Yes. Other thing I would say, just other food for thought is – Maybe he's saying that because he's trying to rem- remind the team last year that when Le'Veon Bell wasn't there for training camp, he was not very good for the first two or three games of the season. And he realized, hey, let's not put all that pressure on Le'Veon yes. Bell. Let him let him get in shape. That's just the things I And thought. I'm just going to add this for food to thought for everybody. I traded... It's food for thought. What did I say? Food to thought? I don't think I said that. <laughs> I traded James Conner in one of my leagues. Yeah, I- and... The reason I waited till after the Falcons game yeah. is don't evaluate James Conner after playing the Falcons. The Falcons. <laughs> That's true. Against against Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey had 14 catches, 102 yards. Against the Saints, their running backs had 18 catches for 131 yards. Damn. Against the Steelers, four catches, 75. Against the Bengals, six for 55. And freaking Giovanni Bernard had two rushing touchdowns. The Eagles had two rushing touchdowns. In the two games... That So in two games, they allowed 32 catches to McCaffrey and Kamara. Right. In the other three games, they allowed six rushing touchdowns. So that's why, let's not get too Don't high on James yeah. Conner. The a, Falcons' yeah. defense versus running backs is the ultimate FanDuel play. This segment brought to you by FanDuel. Who does Atlanta have Who this week? Who does Atlanta have this week? Tampa Bay. Oh. You better scoop up Peyton Barber. I because don't know. You might scoop up Ronald Jones. <laughs> You might, you might scoop, scoop up Jaquiz Rogers. You might scoop up them and they just go, damn, have you seen the secondary? They're so horrible. Forget our running game. We're going to throw it to our All I know is I, tra- I traded for Mike Evans, and I am very excited. You should be. Jameis Winston and his best friend Mike Evans against Atlanta. You hear Lefko's made a few fantasy trades oh, this yeah, week. Oh, yeah, he's making moves. Walking over around here. the office, every salesperson that'll listen. My, See this trade that I made? It's uh, Jerry Jones over here. I will say this, though. My friend, that's the commissioner, is not responding to me. Well, he's not your friend it's anymore. It's been two, three days. And why is he bothered that you're making these He moves? made the trades and he said, I'm going to veto one of these because I don't think it's fair. And I said, are you kidding? Who are I you said, to judge? Uh, well, he's, he makes a lot of crazy trades. And I said, if you veto that trade, I'm not in the league next year. That's an abuse of power. You're hypocritical. And now he hasn't texted me back. I sent him a picture of us when we were two. And I was like, wow, yo, man. I was like, Jewish guilt to an all-time so level I'm right there. i trying to get a response. Not responding. Wait, okay. Evan, why? I miss you. I miss you. Miss you too, Evan. Um, because he thinks I took advantage of people. Why the fuck is he the commish, for one? Because he's the commish. He's, okay. He holds it down. He's he's the he's most the fantasy God football. But, like, if a guy wants to make a trade, like, are we are people throwing games in the fantasy can, world there, now? You can veto in fantasy. Right. 
if let's say I trade you James Conner for Odell and you didn't know that Le'Veon Bell's getting back and like I took advantage or if oh, I told okay. you something that wasn't true. And also, if my team sucks and your team is good and there's a thousand bucks to be had, I could just trade you my players and you at the give end of the season. You can give them money. Right, and then you give me a cut. Gotcha. Yeah, That's so you got to be worried about that. About. But I have receipts in which these people actually offered me the trades. And right. I was like, all I did was accept. Right. So I don't know. But I might lose a friendship. That's fantasy football, man. Don't be so sensitive, Ryan. Evan. Evan. Don't say Evan. That. Evan, I just I need your friendship back. I love you. <laughs> don't be so sensitive, Evan. Um, What's Evan's last name? I'm not, I'm not giving that, that much information. One other question, though, about the coach and the player thing. Why do we say that Jared Goff is a product of McVay and not Gurley? Okay. Um, I mean... Who's Gur- that coming from? This is a question on Twitter. I'll, I'll pull up who it is. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I mean, yeah, Gurley is a product of McVay to a degree. Yeah, he gets the ball with a lot. But but the point is, is that... This Gur- is from Chris Thomas. Right. I mean, yeah, hey, his. I wonder if it's Chris Thomas that I know. Um the, it's a generic name. But the point no the offense. point is, listen, of course McVay, any offensive good player has is helped out by his coach for the most part, okay? The big thing is again what he does with those opportunities, right? And like uh Todd Gurley would have walked in the end zone with Mark Ingram's screen catch that he got tackled at the two. Mm. Todd Gurley would have walked in. If it was back another 50 yards, he would have walked in for a touchdown. So he maximizes and does more outside the scope. There's also times when, yeah, okay, Todd Gurley catches the screen, and I go, oh, that's a great reception, great job by McVay getting the ball. But then he gets into the corner of the field here, and there's three people around him, and he breaks somebody's ankles, and that outruns four people back to the middle of the field. And I go, well, no, that's not Sean McVay. McVay wasn't out there making a block for him right. or doing it. So it's, it's, I, I get it. Those are hard things to balance. But again, you have to go, what was there to be had? What did the guy do with his physical ability to make more than what was there to be had? Like I'm watching Rams highlights on yes. Sunday night, and the guy is – Every highlight going, golf throws to a wide open woods, golf throws to a wide open cup. And then they get done with the segment and they go, man, golf was really on his game, wasn't he? And I just, it's not that I'm mad at golf, but I just go, wait, you just described yeah. how open the receivers were every time. Yes. And now we're going to act like he was the difference in the game. He made, he was awesome. I'm not trying to, but that, that happens all the time. Brady was the same thing on Thursday night. Yes. Brady's come out with laser like precision. He is laser focused for this one. Whoa, all those three yard and behind the line of scrimmage passes. Again, I'm not taking it away from him. He's doing what he's supposed to he do. He is. And but I've don't just, compare that to third and, and whatever compare when to- Mahomes hits Sherman and there's a guy draped all over. Uh, I got a statistic for you 95.7%. Since 2016, <laughs> yeah. the QB sneak on fourth and one is 67 of 70. Right. 95.7%. Why doesn't everyone just go for it on fourth and one? WWBD? What would Belichick do? Exactly. Oh, oh, wait. He's been sneaking for the last 15 years. Tom Brady sneaks probably more than anybody. A hundred percent. I don't know the stats of that. I will bet 
$1,000 to anybody out there that comes away and goes, oh, no, this quarterback has sneaks actually it sneaked it more than Tom Brady over the last 10 years. I, I just don't think that exists, and I don't even know that for a fact, but I'm that confident in my ability to watch football and realize that. So this is making me think about play calling because I'm thinking about Jason Garrett and I'm yeah, thinking about right. young play callers. And we get asked this a lot sometimes. Yeah. We make a lot about the McVeighs and the Kyle Shanahan's and the McDaniels and the Sean Paytons and the brainiacs that are on offense. Why do you think we're not seeing that on the defensive side? Or are we? Are there any young and up-and-coming defensive minds that are in the sport right now that could be that guy. Why do I feel like I'm getting more innovation offensively than defensively? And I'm not talking about because the rules are favoring offense, yeah. which we all know they are. Well, that's helping the situation out. Yes. Right? I mean, that's helping it out, certainly. I mean, they're, you're allowed to do things and the you know wide receiver screens and all that stuff that wasn't part of the game but like we see we saw the Seattle yeah. scheme Zimmer's double a gap threatens and all that stuff we've talked about Eberflus before yeah. and what he could possibly be but right. do you think that people just naturally when they become that into football want to be on the offensive side of the ball more times than not i think is it your defensive line i think you get theory? more of the creative guys that go i'd rather be on the offensive side of the ball those guys that are like you know, and then you get more of your, for lack of a better phrase, like militaristic discipline guys. They're the defensive coaches who are like, no, this is your gap. Do your job. Mm. And the offensive coach is like, man, if I had just told that guy to run this route during last week, next week I'm going to change that play. And instead of running the post, he's going to run the post corner. Yeah. Like, so I, I think you get a different that. Other thing is, I mean, offensively right now, the passers and catchers are better than ever before. I mean, just for all the things we've talked about, it's, it's football's been the most popular sport for 30 years running in the NFL at least. And I think you're getting your best athletes going, I want to play receiver or quarterback. And that's why we see freaks of nature like Odell Beckham Jr. and A.J. Green and Julio and Antonio and all that. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I feel you. I do think there's more innovation on the offensive side of the ball right now? Or do you think that innovation on the offensive side of the ball is it's punctuated by a touchdown? Like when you see a touchdown, you go, oh, that was creative. Whereas defense, it might end up in a deflection or it might end up in a tackle for a loss or a sack, and we don't always see it. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I look for on defense, you're, you're going to let up yards. I look up for... People doing things outside the box thinking in critical situations or... Like, you feel that way about Sean McDermott. Like, when I went through your notes on Buffalo, you're like, man, they always are in the right Right. spot and they're diagnosing it. Is it because it's a chess match where the offense goes first and the defense has to react or predict? Yes, there's definitely... Where the offense is more like, here's my new creation, and the defense is like, I figured you out. The defense is always worried about what's going to screw me. Is this sound? That's that has to be your thought because you can't go. Well, this is really creative. This but if they throw it deep to the right, five off the left side. That's awesome, and I'm going to sack them for 20 yard gain. But oh gosh, if they run the ball to the left, we might not touch him, and he runs for a touchdown. Do you so think we'll see a scheme like another 46 defense, something that, or like another cover three press bail, like? History says that in the next 10 yeah, years, a new defensive scheme will come around. Yes. That's going to, like, Rex Ryan had a, a seven year no run. No doubt about it. Rex Ryan, Seattle, you know, I think all that. Pittsburgh had that going for a little while. We can't Dick forget LeBeau, about that. Right. Blitz. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I do think we'll see something. I don't know if it's there right now. 
You know, Wade Phillips has some things where I look at and go, ooh, it's really cool what he does as far as game planning, little things he does on a weekly basis. Yeah. But but it's also relying on talent. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if there is that next genius right there on the defensive side of the ball. But it will happen here in the next few years. I do believe that. Where we're going to see another shift in how teams play defensive football, and I really think it's going to end up going to what I told you. It's going to go to let's get the biggest people possible up front, and then just have really fast seven guys in the back back so we can we're we're good against the run. And we got freak athletes on the back end for all the screens, pick plays, passes, all that. And honestly, I think that's what Wade Phillips is already doing. I think he started that trend. He's got two corners playing safety right now. He's got three corners playing safety, really, between Roby, Nickel, Roby Coleman, Joyner, uh, our man Joe Johnson, or John, John Johnson. Johnson, who's kind of a corner slash safety. Yeah. Okay. Then he plays three defensive tackles on the field. Every play, just about. It's Sue, Donald, Buffalo Brockers. was kind of doing that this They'll weekend, too. They'll do it, too. too. Right. I think that's the next thing. And I think New England's kind of been doing it. They just don't have that's the talent to back it up. probably why they traded for Danny Shelton. Danny right. Shelton, Malcolm Brown. No, and who then... plays bare front more than New England with big people? Nobody. Because they just go, okay, we're going to put three big guys here. The Jets here. could do it. The Jets could do it. So, yeah, it'll be... It'll be something soon, but it's not there right now to where I can give you one guy and go, ooh, this is the next big thing. My other theory about why offensive wonderkin comes and defensive guys are not is I think when you're trying to innovate, it's good to have a fresh perspective. So you could be a little bit more rebellious when you're young because you're not ingrained in anything. Yeah. Sean McVay, when he's been a coach for 15 years, is going to get stale eventually unless he's able to constantly create and keep an atmosphere where originality is improved. Right. But defense, the Fangios, the Dean Pises, the LeBeaus, there's something about having seen everything that it allows you to prepare. Yes. Whereas since you're more reacting to offenses, having an inventory of all possible sets and things, right. you can hearken back to that. Like Belichick. Belichick has seen everything, so nothing's new. Right. So maybe that's why we don't see any young guys on defense because they're gonna they're gonna go, I'm gonna bring that five person blitz, and then the DNP sits back and goes, You know where you're vulnerable. Yeah, exactly right. You well, know? I think that so happened that's to, I think that happened to McDermott. McDermott was running the Jim Johnson, all these creative blitzes, yes, and, and it and it, it fell apart because fell also apart. yeah it fell yeah. apart because offenses started to go wait like that you're leaving yourself that's open. tough but yes I mean we we've messed up forget doing this we should just run this play over here and they're gonna they can't defend it yeah and that's what happened and then he had to go to the drawing board and he meets up with Ron Rivera who has a different scheme and thought process and he goes damn okay let me yeah. steal some of what he's and got also like i know we call him riverboat ron but he's very conservative very conservative let's call Phil. big phil fucker big phil fucker how do you a couple think, weeks since we how talked do you think to phil? he's doing mentally right now he's doing good i mean he only works What's twice he? two days a week he's fine he's been very active on twitter the last two days has he really yeah, a lot of retweeting wow uh, some videos of him talking about the browns oh i like it. all over the place it's definitely not him well, probably not, but... Yeah, who is doing the tweeting for him? Hello. 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 the hell's going on? I haven't talked to you guys forever. Uh, it's been who, a while. Who's been, you've been tweeting a lot, I'm being told, here at the BR offices. When I get a chance. <laughs> Are you doing it, Phil? Yes, I do. It's a, you, you tw- I I'm tweeting a lot you. of stuff that I say on TV and all that stuff. You're yeah. doing a good job. You're all over the place. Really? Am I killing anybody? Am I taking prisoners? On nope. Twitter, well... Sure, yeah. You're doing a great job. You've been wild, Phil. Wild. 
Yeah, really. Oh, good. That's why I'm a wild guy. So you know, I haven't talked to you guys in a while, and I got to tell you, I really mean this. I didn't miss you. <laughs> not so, a bit. Not uh, a second. Not even a damn. I do watch a show on Wednesdays night, Wednesday nights, and um, you know, I sit there to my wife, and we watch it. And Adam, you do a great job, and. And I go, are you sure that's our son, honey? Are you sure? Did you fool around? Is something going on here? <laughs> Why? What about Chris's performance makes you say that? No, nothing. I'm just being a jerk. Oh, you know, nice. Hey, look, Adam, remember. What's up, bro? Go with your strength in life, okay? What are you saying? So I'm just saying, you know, I like to be that guy. So that I'm just being who I want to be right here. Gotcha. Right. gotcha. Okay? Big ball buster brothers, film. We're three brothers that beat my ass for many years, so I'm just that dude. I'm the little, like, okay. Permanently uh, red ass. Wait, Phil, yeah, what? I got what? They, Matt, uh, Christopher said it right. I got permanent red ass. That's what, right. What uh, sibling number were you, age-wise? Oh, I was the fifth down. Fifth of five? Fifth of eight. Fifth of eight. This is incredible. So I'm reading so this. I had three older brothers, and uh, let's see. My oldest brother was really mean to me. Domadick. This is Do- incredible. Domadick, it was always so mean. Phil, so, Phil, not, not to get too crazy, I'm reading this book called Originals by Adam Grant. Right. And wh- I'm in this chapter right now where they're talking about birth order, and oh. they've realized that the the top like four base dealers of all time all had like four older siblings and there's this there's this uh, correlation they're finding between people that are lower in birth order and they're willing to take more risks you obviously have to speak louder because there was a lot more people uh, you're more rebellious because the older siblings be- take on the parenting to the younger siblings well that and didn't to- happen but go ahead no but, but no but they enforce they enforce their own rules Oh and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yes, yes. It's uh, it, we had to live by their by what they wanted. Yes, very. And good. so I find it very fitting. And then I look at your sons. I think about Chris and Matt. And then I think about me and my brother, uh, Jason. And the younger one is always the more rebellious one. And it's because <laughs> the older one helps set the laws. It's just you being a fifth of eight is like to a T for this book. It's perfect. Well, that's funny. Good stuff. There we go. See, you're educating me. I need trying, to be educated man. a little bit. I'll today. be the one of the three of us that reads a book, so but, uh, I gotcha. What do you mean? I read books all the time. Playbooks. No, I read health books usually, you know, trying to figure out the, how to feel better. Read. I read all this. Christopher knows it. I read books and underline it, to, and then I say, "Yeah, I'll give it to you." But I, you know, I underline all the key parts that I want him to read. But he still wouldn't read it if I gave it to him. I don't know if I've given any that I've underlined, but we I should do a segment. Right, yeah, you gave me the one like uh, back book that you underlined yeah. a bunch did of stuff. Did you look at it once? I yeah, I did. I gave oh, okay. it. A, I gave it a, just a, a little skim. A little skim, like uh, because I was like on the way to the gym one day. And I was like, let me just look at some of the exercises that could help my back here, real quick. Yeah, and you just said, okay, then you throw it in the garbage, okay. That's what? all right. So what's going on? What what can you – hey, you know, I just watched <laughs> – What do you want to talk about? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah go what ahead. you watch? I watched the Eagles play the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm behind in my schedule, so I'm a little – you know, I don't like getting behind. Yeah, you know? and your whole family's like that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We're all I'm, – I'm just neurotic that way. Usually, like my Wednesday, I'm – whatever. But you I'm guys have 22 weeks of freaking out about not being able to watch film. Like, for 22 weeks, you guys are like, I got like seven more games to watch. I got seven more <laughs> games to watch. Because you never know when that question is going to come up. When it comes my way, brother, yeah. I'm going to smack it out the door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you just never know. And um, What did you Kirk see in the Cousins, film? Eagles, Vikings. 
Eagles-Vikings, Kirk Cousins, every game that I've watched this year, think about the Ram game. There's one exception, of course, and that was Minnesota. But, you know, Minnesota's making all quarterbacks – Minnesota, I mean Buffalo. Yes. Buffalo's making all quarterbacks look pretty average. Right. I mean, No one's thrown over 300 yet against them. Oh, I believe it. I mean, they cover well, their concepts, everything they do, but Kirk Cousins – Throwing under pressure, getting Man. hit, right. and he is not afraid. He is not checked down Charlie. He is ripping down the field, and you go, wow, that's a good throw. Well, that's a really good throw. That's all you do the whole time you watch him. And I know he wasn't good enough for Washington, but if he wasn't in Minnesota, I don't know where they'd be. I yeah. really mean that. Where yeah. would he be? Is he I, an upgrade over Case Keenum? A da- without a doubt. Well, of course. Yeah. He is. I, I just I, I said it to Christopher and you guys probably last year. Man, he he's just has gotten better as a thrower. It seems like every year, and now maybe it's the dome playing indoors or what? Well, he wasn't playing indoors out in Los Angeles. No, neither in Green Bay or or, or last week. Yeah, no, he's just striping that bitch. I he's think you're striping right. Striping it. That's, yeah, that's the word to say. That's what I was looking for, son. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I know. But I but mean, it's, but it's good. Yeah. But you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They got to win the Super Bowl, or we're going to all of us morons that keep saying Kirk Cousins is no good. We can keep saying it because he didn't win the Super Bowl, and you know all the morons I'm talking about. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great because you know how I know Kirk Cousins is good because I watched Alex Smith on Monday. <laughs> you know, well, like how different is that Washington there, team? But you, you cannot run the same offense for both of them. Phil, we just had a conversation, and I'm going to cut you off because I think this is exciting. Chris said that he, he he's not a hater of Drew Brees. He just has a hard time putting him ahead of eight other quarterbacks all time. Yeah, and I, we, I said he's in the conversation for the top ten. I said, you know, I n- never will he be in the top five for me. I don't care if he wins another Super Bowl and throws for ten thousand more yards. But I just said, you know, he's in that conversation of somewhere between nine and twelve, nine and thirteen for me. He's just, with the Brad. Bradshaws, right. the Warren Moon. I said he'll never pass these eight guys for me, like hands down. Rodgers, I mean, Rodgers, Elway, Brady, Peyton, Marino, Favre, Montana, Bradshaw. Those eight right there. And, and then we threw in the Warren Moons. And Stallback, who I know you think so highly of, and I do wow. too. Big Ben, yeah. Roger Stallback would be like the ultimate quarterback in today's game. Oh, Big, my right, gosh. Right. I didn't realize I did get to play against him one uh, two times, which was really cool. But I never realized until I look at games now and just go, man, Roger the Dodger was really the Dodger. I mean, he, he, he could was. really run and move. He was like Aaron Rodgers. He, yeah. And, of course, he had a big wind up the throw. He threw the ball like a baseball. But he had a strong arm and, you know, tough as all could be. And uh, just I just didn't realize what a good runner. And I, I think about that all the time. You, you know, you've got to be careful about these numbers. They're, right. they're going off the charts, and it's going to continue. It's only going to stay where it is or get bigger. Yeah. But I've talked to some of these guys that Christopher's talking about. And, you know, and I, I don't ask them, but I say things they go, Oh, my God. I mean, what I'd like to play today. And yeah. It, I mean, come on. Dan Marino, John Elway, what would they be doing in today's game? Right. What would a healthy Dan Marino do? He would throw for 6,000 yards every game. But so, people forget. Every and game. Nobody cares. But when he was younger and he stayed, before he got hurt, 
he could let it go with anybody. Right. And he was dead-eyed dick, man. He didn't miss. Yeah. So I know. You know so you, you got you got to judge it that way. And 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 Drew Brees, it's unbelievable what he's done. And 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 I noticed that when I interviewed him last week. First off, he is truly like humble and one of the greatest guys you ever meet. Right. But to overcome the fact that nobody warned him, you know, out there in San Diego, all he did was go to the Pro Bowl, you know, and all that. But that, but whatever they draft Philip Rivers, that worked out, and. He's got to go, thank God those doctors in Miami wouldn't give me the okay because I wouldn't have got to come down to New Orleans with Sean Payton. Right. And, yeah, he would have been, he would have been Miami with Nick Saban. Well, he, who knows? It might have changed Nick Saban's life, too. He might have exactly. turned around. But it probably chased Nick Saban more he wanted. He goes, okay, if I can't make decisions, why the hell am I the head coach? Right. So there you go. Yep. It's worked out pretty well for both. But just like everything, just like Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels, Drew Brees found himself in a coach, and that is Sean Payton. And that has a huge deal with how much success you have in today's game. In today's game, more than ever. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, last so, thing I, I got. I answered your question there, Adam. No, but that's, that's my take. I love your perspective. Eagles, Giants. Thursday night, my Philadelphia Eagles, you and Christopher's New York Giants. Right. Uh, you're going to enjoy on the Wednesday show, me and Sims, me and Chris went back and forth on Eagles-Giants fandom. Uh, oh, and how, spe- how special is this rivalry, man? Well, it's pretty good. And, and I know it, I know you think that Odell kind of cleared the air for the Giants. I know you agree with me there. I really do. I mean, I think, okay, now we can – Get over all this stuff, and then at least for a week or two, or you know, at least for t- tomorrow night, uh, I think it galvanizes the team. I really do, and then maybe it, it, it eases Odell's mind too, uh, also, and he's got to realize, you know, it's kind of like we saw it building, didn't we? Yeah. A little bit with Odell, and you know, look, in interviews and all that. Some, sometimes I did it myself. I'd wake up and go. Oh my God! I'm on the back page of the paper, yeah. And I didn't know I was really saying that or whatever, but I said it. And it, when you read it in print, you go, oh, "I am such an idiot." Right. And but and, and that happens to all players. And so, not that I'm giving Odell a pass, but it was a great lesson learned. The, don't trust anybody. What, what do I say to rookie quarterbacks? Don't listen to the radio. Don't read the papers, brother. You know, and you'll be a lot better off. So, uh, but I do. I, I said it, and I do believe it's going to help the Giants. And you think the Giants have their best game of the year Thursday? I saw. I do. This I think gonna they're going to be interesting. Win. You think they're going to win? They'll win the game if the Giants don't throw the ball well against this Eagles secondary. Then I, I thought they would really. Uh, they had a good day throwing the ball against Carolina, or just okay. But I thought it was going to be much better. I just thought the the way the Carolina Panthers play was really going to help. Um, you know the Giants' passing game, and you know the Eagles. That when they play man to man, I'm watching Minnesota go up and down the field. I'm just thinking, man, Odell and Sterling Shepard, they can do this too. Phil, and, Phil, you get up to the line, you look left, you look right, and. Jalen Mills is one-on-one to Odell. What's going on in your head? Well, I'm going to think about what I'm going to do and celebrate when I throw a touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know. Double move city. You can't. They just can't put themselves in that type of situations. They love to do that, though, don't they? They do. They do. And, and you know, too, the – 
okay, so that's great. Now, what are you going to do? Okay, let's put all this coverage back there. And, you know, I keep saying it. Saquon Barkley, he's going to have two games this year where he is just going to win the game by himself. Uh, I do believe that. He's going to have that 175 yard game and it's it's going to be it's going to win the game for him. He's just going to, they're going to dominate. I, I do see that game coming. You think like and you think they're going to the, the game like as far as running the ball like they're going to dominate that way? You think that's going to happen? No, I'm not saying no. Not oh, this week. I think gotcha. they can win it, you know, through uh, just throwing the football. Yeah. But running the football, I I would hope that or I'm sure the Eagles are going, yeah, if you want to run it and make a living out of that. You hey, know, Phil, think, Phil, it's coming next Monday night. Giants Falcons October 22nd. Oh, that could be the There's Saquon right. 250 yards. They well, they they'll have a selection anxiety against the Falcons. What and then the do? other game the other game will do, be 2 days before Christmas. Giants Colts. That will be the other game that happens. Yeah, Colts are starting to get a little uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. know. Yeah. Just, but the bike uh, yeah, the Atlanta you, you don't know what to do. You don't know whether to throw it or run it cuz you just go, "Wow, this is really what do we do?" Cuz they fun. both are going to work and maybe you, we run it a little more to slow the game down because our deep what whatever. But Atlanta's defense, man. All right, all right. Here, here's the last thing. Last thing. What else? No, last thing. Last thing. I just want to know what you think. I, this is because, of course, the big game of the week is Chiefs-Patriots, right? Ooh, talk Chiefs dirty. Chiefs-Patriots, yes. Everybody thinks this is, the, this is the thing I keep getting around, and, and I don't know if you saw me this morning, but everyone is, oh, I mean, the Patriots are probably – you know, run the ball, Sony Michelle, Chris Sims they're, on the pregame show. They're gonna they're gonna keep <laughs> Mahomes off the field that way. And my and I think Dad, you would agree, and we haven't talked about this, but my two cents was with every big game New England's been in in the last five years. Yep. There's been a few times where we've thought that same thing, and they yep. come out and go empty shotgun, put yep. it in Brady's hands, and yep. fuck running the ball, and we'll throw 50 million five-yard passes and then hit yep. Gronk behind you, right? So don't you think that's what's going to happen? Well, it's not quite exactly how I would have phrased it, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just don't think yeah, the Patriots are ready to make that change of like, oh, we're going to run the ball ground and pound. They're not that No, yet. no. Why, right. what, what they, they don't want to shorten a game in a situation like this. Right. Here's the answer. Right. Why shorten a game when you know their defense is not good? Exactly. Let's prolong and give ourselves more opportunities, uh, opportunities with yeah. passes, plays and time and they will win the war yeah. their defense is better than kansas city now i will say this i don't know what happened but d4 decided to become wow i'm a uh-huh. number one pick i know and i'm gonna play he looks like and i'm thinking damn is that d4 or von miller yeah and it really is it's really amazing what did he do where the light finally came on. Is well, it contract been, here? No, well, well it, it, it actually is because he's oh, it did, is. he's no, Debbie. Well, and he's been hurt the first three years of his career. I mean, it's it's been constant. So well, he's, had, he's, he's had hurt. knee, hip, uh, ankle. I mean, lower it feel, back. It feels a lot like Brandon Graham for the Eagles, where you had three, four years of eh, and then all of a sudden it clicks. Yeah, yeah I understand. You know, and and I will say this: Kansas City is. You know, they got a few pieces on their defense. You know, I, I do like, you know, like Chris Jones. I, I, oh, I yeah. like him. And who am I missing up front? Well, Nani. Lamar Houston's there. Well, yeah, Lamar. But what other big guy? Who's the other big well, guy? Well, Alan Bailey, you probably oh, think Alan of. Bailey, yeah. yeah. Alan Bailey, yeah. I mean, so they got something there. But, hey, New England, they're going to make you cover everything. Right. Linebackers and, you know, is Reggie Ragland going to cover somebody man-to-man? Yeah. And Definitely they get him not. Caught in there? Right. Absolutely not. So, right. I – 
hey, I picked New England. I feel really strong about it. I just don't see him losing this game. Yeah, I hear you. You're the man, Phil. Would I bet any money on it like you two? How you two guys doing and you're betting your money? You know, y'all should put up your own money for real. Then I'll watch you and, and really take something into account. Well, I would be losing, so I don't want to do that. I went 10-4 and four against the spread last week, Phil. That is incredible. I can't go – I can't even hardly break even just picking winners. It's hard. You know, sometimes – now it's gotten to where picking winners, I think, is harder than picking this bread. It, it's just because every game is so close and yeah. whatever happens. But, no, I, I'm giving you a good suggestion for your show. More people will tune in if you bet your own money. I mean, damn, you're both making tons of money. Let's go. <laughs> Great advice, Phil. You're the I man. don't hear I'll get, I'll get, yeah, let's do that. I'll, get, I'll get them to put up Adam's money next week on the show. Don't worry. I mean, come on. When I come on that show, we're going to bet real money. Okay. You know what's wild not, is, probably get fired. Phil, that random segment where I have random people bet money, if, yeah, you've bet, cool. if you've bet with them this year, you'd be up about $900. Oh, that would be uh, 900 well, How much am I betting every week? Different 250 amounts? 50 bucks? No, 250. they bet 250 a week. Oh, 250 Yes, that's what I thought. Okay. You'd be up like $900 right now. I don't know. That's well, pretty cool. You know, you, know what I, you know how much money I need, right? More. More. That's it, brother. You finally get you're catching on. I need more. Let's go. Uh, all See right. you, brother. All right, See you have a good day. Be good. See you, man. See you, Dad. All right. From our old quarterback to the young quarterback. How many times did he say brother? Did he become Hulk Hogan over the weekend or Either what? that or he's working for House Holy of Highlights. Crap. One of those two. Brother. Things. All right, brother. Brother, I'll tell you this. Brother, I'll tell you that. Than then than he got you son. saying it at the end. Yeah, I did say that. <laughs> okay, brother. All right, from our old quarterback to young quarterback, Sims dove into the notebook, and I had him watch all the young quarterbacks. You heard what he had to say about Baker Mayfield, saying that Baker Mayfield is the dude. He stripes it, all that stuff. Yeah. Let's go to the third pick in the draft. Sam Darnold, you watch the film. Jets offense, Denver defense. I'm going to go through your notes. Yep. Darnold throwing the ball well early. His feet and legs are in throws. Ball is better quality. That deep bomb to Robbie Anderson – well, it was Roby peaked in the backfield, thought it was a blitz. You cannot do that. Yeah. Uh, another great bomb to Robbie. Darnold, all about his feet. You wrote this was his best game throwing the ball, yeah. and you mentioned multiple times his feet. Yeah. Is that the difference? And I, where are you right now with Sam? Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. I mean, hey, listen, there's things that uh, we're still in the evaluation process of Sam, but I still think overall it's it's still very good from what we're seeing just as a total work of art. But, yeah, there's been, I would say, moments in the Cleveland game a few Thursdays ago and then last week in Jacksonville where he gets into what he did at USC last year where, okay, he wants to throw the ball to 12 o'clock, but his feet are at 9-3. and three. Well, that, that's just that's not going to work. You know, yeah, you might get away with that against Washington State and stuff like that. And, and you know, but in the NFL – the room for error error is just so much smaller. So when you see a guy yeah. go from a game where he didn't have good fundamentals right. to a game that he did, yeah. does that make you go, okay, he clearly watched the tape and yeah. he worked on that. Right. Does that give you a lot of hope that that can be the new norm? It, it, yes. I, I think that it shows me at least that they know that that's an issue with him and that they're going to continue to stay on that, and he recognizes that. So if he would have thrown two deep balls to Robbie right. and his feet were at 9-3 and three and he right. still threw it to noon, you'd right. still go, I know he hit that, but his feet are an issue. Yeah, I would go, yeah, I would, I would certainly. So you, you I would go, that was a great throw, but I wasn't wowed. Like, see, I don't give a damn about the stats. He was 10 of 22, and I would bet you on five of those incompletions, 
the ball left his hand. I said, there you go, Sam. There you Mm. go. That looks the way it's supposed to look for an NFL Mm. quarterback. Back leg underneath him, hitching into it, shoulder and front leg, you know, just slightly right of the target. That's great. Like, that's the way it has to be. And when he does that, he never loses the ball for, you know, like some of his incompletions in the game this week. Like, he threw them where he wanted to. He was being safe. It was a deep out route. Let me just be safe and throw it high up. You know, it he had wasn't... a few out routes that were really impressive no, with his I arm know. strength. I know, because he had he had a base underneath him. Again, it's the big thing. I mean, You're you know, a little excited, I could tell. I Because I, lo- I want to root for Sam so hard. He's a great guy. And I like seeing when guys go, I haven't been as good as I can be the last two weeks, and I don't have to wait till after the season to correct these things. I can do them right now, and that's yeah. cool to see, especially at a young guy. I texted him after the game. I said, way to kick ass today, and he responded, yeah. you. Do you know what that is? <laughs> no. California, it's like a surfer type of thing. Oh. You just yell at each other. It's Y-E-W. You. You. I got yeah. this wave. Yeah, you. I remember I, I went to a did park. Did you do that with an emoji, or it's just Y-E-W? He did the Y-E-W, and I sent back this emoji. Gotcha. Um, I remember I was at a party in California. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I remember I went back to this after party. <laughs> just I don't want to get into it. Yeah. But I went to this after party, and we go to this girl's place, and there's like a bunch of us. And on her wall had Y-E-W and Christmas lights. And I was like, what is that? And everybody's like, yo, yo, yo. And I was like, what the hell? I have that in my bedroom. You've oh, do you? My room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Surf she also yeah. had surfboards on her wall, yeah. and she had a little jar. And I said, "What's that jar?" And she was Australian, and she goes, "It's my surf jar. Every day I don't surf, I put a dollar in the jar." And I was like, "She goes, makes me want to surf more." And I was like, "You're the most beautiful person I've ever." That's amazing. Time. Yeah, right. That's amazing. She had a pole in her apartment. Uh, all right, next one. A pole. Damn. Yeah, for core strength. This person gets better and better. She was amazing. Yes. Uh, Josh Allen, Buffalo offense, Denver D. By the way, I, let me just also say this. The Jets offense, Denver D, you wrote multiple times, man, you don't rush for 300 by luck. This was a double whammy. This was a physical ass whooping and a schematical ass whooping. Thank you. You wrote that the Jets beat that crap out of the Broncos, and the only reason it was close was because Denver got all their stats when it was already 27 to 10. Yeah, the, the, the Jets game, kicked their ass. Again, it's a farce. This would be, again, a garbage time stats. The, the, I would bet you that Denver had 200 yards total when the game was competitive and meant something. Uh, their last two drives of the game down, what was it, 27-10? Yeah. They put together, I mean, I think Case Keenum threw for like 220 yards in the fourth quarter. Defensively, you said Leonard William, Avery Williamson, and Jamal Adams every week pops. Avery Williamson and Jamal Adams, they diagnose a play and they really make a move. Yes. The issue at Denver, and we talked about it with Valdir being out, right. Billy Turner. Yeah. You wrote Billy Turner and McGovern, two offensive linemen, got their ass whooped a lot. A lot. Uh, but you did say... Philip Lindsay is special. Philip Lindsay is Philip special. Lindsay was one broken tackle away multiple times from having the day Isaiah Crowell did. Right. Again, there's a guy that that would be an example of again, a guy that does more than what's given. And like you said, yeah, he almost broke the tackle, oh. but he made like four moves before to that get to, to get that. to 15. Yes, you're that's absolutely where, right. So that's doing more than what's there to be had. Oh, oh time out. I'm gonna need twenty dollars. And I'm going to need my $20 back. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Oh, oh do it tomorrow? Right. You don't get it oh. okay, tomorrow. Just know that it's coming, <laughs> Sims. Yeah, I need to go to the ATM, actually. I'm low on cash. Um, I hit all your important notes. You okay. Else. The run game thing was amazing, though. Oh, Isaiah Crowell? They, they, Jeremy Bates cracked the code. Like, I love he when the Matrix explodes. He found flaws in Broncos' run fits and exposed it. Yes. I mean, um, first is... You can't have... Do you want to tell him something? Or you're just no, he's, he's going to tell me that I need to hurry up. 
The first thing is what de- what he did to them more than anything is you can't have a linebacker responsible for covering the tight end man to man and then also have him responsible over the B gap in the run game. So what Jeremy Bates did on some of the runs was goes, I'm just going to tight end's not even going to block. I'm going to have him run out to the flat like he's running a route. The linebacker balled him. Then there's nobody there for the B gap. And then Isaiah Crowell goes 75 yards. Right up yards. the middle. Bam. It was a number of wow. instances like that. So when you see that, what is your opinion of the offensive coordinator? What happens then? I just go, oh, he's found something through evaluating all week and watching film. That... But what kind of respect do you then get for a guy like Jeremy? Oh, well, I have a lot of respect for Jeremy anyways. But, yeah, it just makes me look at him and go, oh, man. I mean, Jeremy, he understands defenses. Yes. He understood what Vance Joseph is trying to do as a game plan. Other side of the ball, Vance yeah. Joseph. He yeah. sees this huge issue. Yes. Does he? Does do they go and they, they go? They tried to fix it. Finally, they finally started getting these formations. And they were like, "All right, uh, we're gonna have to fix a play zone, or we'll just play man with the corners, and the three linebackers will play like funnel, where they just funnel two of the three guys to each other, something like that." But yes, I mean, at first, I don't know if he realized it. the disappointing thing about the Denver is they don't set the edge in the run game. I don't even understand it. I mean, they got guys like Bradley Chubb who it's crashed down in. Everybody got wedged in there. Crowell or Powell bounce outside, and there's nobody there except for bad tackling corners. Mm. Oh, you you mean the 220-pound freak running back can make the corner miss who doesn't really want to tackle anyways? Shocker. So that's shame on you for putting that corner there when you know that's not his strength. But then, yes, things like that. Or, you know, it's a two-by-two set, and the inside receiver from the left motions to the right, and now it's a three-by-one set. The linebackers have kicked over. The safeties now are going back to rotate, and nobody's back in the backside B gap. And you just go, and you wonder why you let up 300 yards rushing. Like, those are little things that he's going to have to fix this week. He's probably been cheating them. If I went back now and watched where Mm. he's been cheating these kind of things, like how I said, defenses always worry about, I got to be sound. I got to have all gowns. He might have cheated these on a few games and just been like, I'm going to just see if I can get away with it. And he did. And he did. But. Jeremy noticed it and said, you can't do this. Cheaters always get exposed. A good offensive coordinator goes, it's our job to point out their flaws and show them they can't do that. Who was that? Gruden would say that? Gruden used to say that. I think it's our duty to show them that this blitz is unsound and we have to gash them for it. That's like a very, like, military movie line. It's very much. It's our duty, men, to beat them into submission. (laughs) Josh Allen, another rookie quarterback that got a win, taking on Tennessee. Great call, Lefko. Thanks, bro. Uh, Seriously, those were both great calls, bro. Jets. Well, the Jets one is – I look for those. I know you do. I look for the West Coast team. was a great call. Thanks, bro. Um – Josh Allen, a lot of your comments about him were the lack of support. Yeah. You wrote, there's no talent around Allen. Is this the worst wide receivers in the NFL? It Man, is. that offensive line's bad, too. Then you wrote, Buffalo's wide receivers. Slowest, least twitchy bunch I have seen in a while, and that leads to INTs. Allen throwing on run needs improvement, not quality balls. He got to do a little bit of like what we saw and what we heard about him in Wyoming and things like that. Just some of them, were they were complete. But he can throw better quality. Again, I'm not about completion or incompletion. I'm about the quality of the look. I know the completions are going to come. These are NFL quarterbacks. Either way, I'm not worried about that. It's the look. It's the quality. Yes, and there was a few that I was just like, come on, man. Like, Don't revert back to this like Wyoming independent arm contractor thing on the run when he had worked so hard to fix it and has made so many good throws on the run early in the year. Mm-hmm. not concerned about it, but I just felt like it crapped, cre- creeped back in. And then really, that's a serious conversation about the receiver. 
receivers. Like you think really. they're the worst wide receiver core you've seen in a it, while. I mean, I'm just I'm opening up the floor to you guys there. I mean, do, you know, who else would be in that conversation? You know, I mean, at I mean, least the Colts got T.Y. Hilton. Jeffrey You're right. Back. Okay, yeah, sure. You're but right. Let's, let's go through these names. Right now it's Calvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, Robert Foster, Andre Holmes, Ray Ray McLeod. I guess when one of your guys is named Ray Ray, it's not a good sign. Uh, but, I mean, Zay Jones was a second-round pick, Sims. Yeah. Calvin Benjamin was a first-round pick, Sims. I know. I don't know. what Doesn't the, mean they were good doesn't picks. Doesn't mean they were good where, picks. Where is Zay Jones? What kind of receiver is Zay Jones? Who else does he remind you of? <sighs> Gosh, it's it's hard. He's, I don't think he can ever be the outside receiver where you're going to go. Oh, you could be our outside guy. You'll attract attention. No, I think he has to be. He is. I think at his very peak, he can be Brandon LaFell. Wow, that's who he is. It's not a great peak. No, but like let's LaFell. Like he can work the middle of the field, smooth route runner, but top never over the quick. Middle, never going to make a lot happen. You're right. All edge. those guys are not doing quick cuts nothing and you know he threw an interception in the game josh allen i mean he threw the ball perfect it was a perfect throw andre holmes first of all didn't yes. come back to the ball and the ball went off his face so you it's hard to evaluate allen it, it's really hard to evaluate the joshes in general and we'll get to rosen after yeah, this but that's very hard buffalo defense explaining how they stopped tennessee's offense i didn't realize they're the team that got jordan phillips from Miami. And now you're right, they have four defensive tackles. Yes. I mean, you look at their front line, Kyle Williams, Star Lutalele, Trent Murphy, Jordan Phillips, Harrison Phillips, right. Shaq Lawson, Jerry Hughes, but those four guys, Williams, Lutalele, Phillips, and Phillips, yeah. that's what you were just talking about, having the big guys. you got to have those big guys. you got to have at least, you really have to have four on your roster because you have to have two in there at a time unless it's third and long. But you have to protect yourself from, oh, they're going to spread us out and run it up the middle. Oh, you know, yeah, they're going to come in with a three tight end set. We think they're going to throw the ball. Yeah. Damn, they spread out. Now we still have to protect them. But whatever it is, you have to worry about that. Had you not seen the Nick Williams drop touchdown before the film? Oh, no. I oh had not gosh. seen it. Man. You know, I was with, with Fendrick and Tennessee. That was our opportunity to score a touchdown, the first yeah. real touchdown of the game other than Josh Allen's. Right. Did you lose your mind for that one? I, I just I was hitting Fendrick going, that's the most egregious drop of a touchdown I've ever seen. That was pretty bad. I'd Mario, take a lot of hits on Sundays. Mariota rolled out, put it right in his hands. Yes. Man. Yep. Um yeah, that was a big play. But you don't think Tennessee's offense makes t- sense. No, I'm not I'm not in love with Tennessee's offense right now. First of all, the interior gets their ass whooped, and even their tackles aren't playing to their capability. Like Conklin and Lawan have not been as good this year as they have the last two years behind that. So there's a fundamental issue up there. The interior de- offensive line gets their butt whooped all the time. And I think Matt LaFleur as an offensive coordinator is kind of still finding his way, and he's finding a way of how do he wants to use these pieces. I'm sure Mar- this is a new learning experience for Mariota. I mean, again, you know, we're defending Mitchell Trubisky and him learning his, you know, second sure. offense in two years. He, Mariota's, this is a new offense for him. This is, I guess, his second in four years, right? But regardless, uh, I, I would argue, I would, I would bet that this offense is far more comp- complicated than the one he ran with Malarkey, especially with some of the passing rules and things like that. But yeah, it's just disappointing them as offense. There's no flow as I talk about. I don't really know what they're trying to accomplish on offense. They didn't have a flow against Philly either. No, they really didn't. Uh, you know, what, it's what, more sporadic big plays. Exactly. To me right now, it's always what I go back to. It's just the Rolodex. Like, oh, I got all these plays. They're great. And I'm just going to roll through it. And, oh, this is the one I'm going to pick for this play. And, 
And that's not what the great OCs do. They know how to tie plays together, set them up. McVay's running this play. This is the third time he's run this formation because he's just waiting and he's trying to bait you to get into this defense because then he's going to screw you with this. When you were saying Monday that Andy stretched out Jacksonville in the beginning of the game, I thought that Josh McDaniels did that to the Colts in the beginning of the game, too. Like, when I watch Brady in the beginning of the game, he'll throw, like, an out route to Philip Dorsett, and I go, there's no way he throws that the rest of the game. Yeah. But he throws it in the first quarter to open up the middle of the field. I, and it always yes. seems like a flow. Yeah. The good offenses are an assault. Assault. Assault on every aspect of your exactly defense. Exactly right. They take away your aggression, and that's what I think that Tennessee, was all about. I go, Tennessee, I go, man, it's a lot of repetitive concepts. It is. It is. It's a lot of... I've seen that formation already uh-huh. a few times. Right. You know? Yep. All right. The other Josh, Josh Rosen, Arizona versus San Francisco. Could it have started any better? 75-yard bomb to Christian Kirk, and you wrote better than the throw was the feet yeah. and the eyes on the crosser. So we're back to feet. Yeah, but I always thought Josh Rosen had good feet. He did. He did. But I, uh, my, this one was more about he didn't. You get coached in the NFL at the quarterback position. You're bored with this podcast today, aren't no, you? No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm okay. listening. Okay. I'm just listening intently. <laughs> he, oh, like as a quarterback, there's always, especially, listen to your feet. Oh, we're gonna throw the post route. You know, it should be two hitches, and then if it's not there by that second hitch. Move on to your second read, whatever it may be. Okay, listen to your feet's good, but you gotta fucking listen to your brain and your eyes too. Sometimes you just gotta go, oh, if I hold on to the third hitch step, it's gonna be an 80 yard touchdown. So screw listening to my feet. You have to have a balance there a little bit. And what he did was exactly that. I think he took four hitch steps, but he stared down the crosser. He made the free safety go, oh, he's gonna throw the deep crosser. And he took the extra hitch step to go, I'm just going to let this develop just a half a second more here so I can make sure the safety does jump it and the guy does clear him over the top. And he did that. And, I mean, come on, man. That's your first throw as a starter on the road in your history of your game. That's amazing. I wish – I always want my team to throw deep on the first drive. Yeah. Like, I feel like every offense should throw deep on the first drive just to at least go, that could happen again. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I think there and is And if it happens, too. then great. I just don't waste your best play on the, the deep throw. Okay, what do you mean? Well, I just mean because sometimes quarterbacks aren't in rhythm yet. You're still excited. Yeah. And, like, I was always like... Like, call a flea flicker first play. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Wait, somebody did that this week. Uh, damn, I can't remember who I it is. the Patriots ran off. Somebody called did. a flea flicker to start... Oh, the Bills. That, I, I you're right, Josh Allen. You did. I no, you wrote, wrote it. Like, you wrote that's it. when you know your team's not very good. When you're calling the flea flicker to start the game, you're going, "Please help us, offense." A prayer. I the deep shot thing. I agree with you. You have to do that just to show the defense yeah, you're just willing to stretch the run a go and just throw it to the end. But zone. I was sure something like that. I never wanted our great play action passes to be called right there though, because I just wanted to be like, I want to feel the game a little first, you know. Oh, so you're and I've always wanted. I don't want to waste those plays. Well, I, always, didn't, I, I didn't suggest play action. I just said four yeah, goes yeah. and yeah. we just get. I've the always end wondered this. So when you're doing play action, you turn your back to the defense, yeah, right, and you fake that handoff, right. There's definitely that party that's like when I turn around, I hope they bid on that shit so hard. Like yeah. obviously you're going when I turn around, I hope that Jordan Phillips isn't in my face. Yes, that's the first thing. You're but you're also of. going if I look up and that thing's there. It's got to be one of the best feelings ever. It's amazing. It's like jackpot. Like, oh my gosh. They bit, they bit. Da, 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 da. I hope I don't fuck this off with this throw. I mean, yes, it's amazing. This is my favorite plays always where, you know, we call them X special with Joey Galloway, where I just was like, damn, 
they're not going to be right in this. We actually had a read where if the safety was within 20 yards that are 18 to 20, Joey was going to run the post. If they got deeper than that, he was going to curl up at 20. So they could never be right. And then I just go, okay, just Joey, find a hole, and I'll throw it as hard as I can and fit it in there. Yes. Um, but I never wanted to waste those plays to start the game for, for two reasons. Okay. I want to get in rhythm. Yeah. Other thing is a lot of the receivers don't run full speed at practice all week. Like that's they don't like hmm. you know like uh, Odell Beckham Jr. can't go out there and run four three every play no. of every practice. Okay, He's, that makes sense. You know what I mean. So there is that first part of the game where you go, okay, I'm juiced up, and they're getting their legs. And right. now they're like ready to go because they haven't ran hard the last two or three. Let me get a little gauge for how juice, how much juice they got. Oh, in their you leg still today. need to see how fast they a are. a little bit. Yes. So. Can you tell when a team is about to bite on a play action? Like, can you tell when they're like, man, they're really starting to bite on a lot of stuff right now? Definitely, yeah. And then are you like, are you like, how how would you look at the sideline and be like, play action? Yeah, yeah, you you would, because you're not going to call for a play. No, I mean, if I'm out there and doing it, I mean, it's going to be hard. I might run over to the sideline and be like, hey, thirty is like totally peeking in the backfield right now. Which is what I would imagine the conversation that happened on the Seattle sideline with Marcus Peters this week. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, too. But that's the kind of thing you do. You usually have somebody on the sideline, though, looking for that. The quarterback coach, he's been appointed during the week. Hey, when I call these plays, just check out the safety. If he's getting aggressive, I'm going to call these plays to kind of back him off or whatever it may be. Can you tell if one of your receivers is slower? Like, if Joey Galloway hasn't been warmed up yet, do you have to take a little off the ball until he has his legs? Yeah, definitely. You can, you can, it's noticeable. You can, it's noticeable. It was, it's more times or not, though, the other way around where you're just like, damn, he's been cruising all week at practice. And now he's, and now I took my time on a long drop back thinking, let me let him get down the field. And And I look up and I'm like, oh shit, he's already 70 yards. I can't throw it any farther. (laughs) You know, that's where you just go, oh crap. And that's where I was just scared of those big plays early on. To finish off Rosen, I think of all the quarterbacks, he comes in second to Baker in terms of how you were impressed by him this week. Rosen's motion is so efficient, he doesn't need a lot of room in the pocket. He's very calm. He's comfortable in the pocket. He's always looking for the big completion. On his incompletions, to be honest, no one's open. He had two misfires in the flat, but this was the line, Josh. This was the line that caught my attention. Me, Josh, or Josh Rosen? <laughs> I'm working on my Stephen A. Smith pauses. Okay. okay so, a good pause there. So what I, what I saw, Josh, what I saw from his note that really caught my attention? Not going <laughs> to... It's hard. That pause is hard. This is really uncomfortable. Sims wrote, he's not going to wow you with, a, with athleticism, but his subtle movement in the pocket is like Brady. Yeah. It so really you is. like his feet, even though he's not, and that was your issue with him in the draft. He's not going to outrun anybody, but you love the way he's in the pocket. You're writing, he's comfortable, he's calm, and his feet are like great. Eyes are down the field, and he's doing it with like the sixth sense. You know, just like he's looking at Larry Fitzgerald run the deep cross, but he's also, while looking at it, has a good, has feels that the defensive tackle is about to hit his upside shoulder. So let me slide up in the pocket and also move to the right while I'm doing it because the other D tackle is coming straight at me. And he can still do that, feel it, and throw the football accurately and see downfield. Yeah, those are little things I look at and just go, oh. This kid's a, he's a natural in the pocket. He really is. And he really does try and, and, and throw the big play oh, almost he's every a, time. He's aggressive. I, that's the, my new thing, I think, this year. The good quarterbacks and these young kids, they're aggressive. Like this, again, 
We're going to get to it in a minute. But this managing the game shit, it's over. It's over. You're being silly if you think that's the way to win this day and age in the NFL. Who are you referencing right there? Well, Alex Smith uh, particularly was who I was referencing there. But this day and age where we're just talking about where it's a yardage and touchdown like breakout year, this is not the year to be. Charlie Checkdown or manage the offense. It's the year to go for big Let plays. It all out. Right. Right. Yeah. That's cool. why Tyrod Taylor it looks completely different team than Baker Mayfield. Exactly. Makes you wonder what the Browns record would be right now if Baker was playing the whole time. Especially when you see it, what teams did to Sam, uh to the Saints. Yeah. You cool if I put Rosen has Brady like pocket presence in a headline? Yeah. I'm put cool your name on that. Yeah. All right. That's cool. We'll do that all right. Let's get to the Peters thing that you were talking about. You wrote Peters is peaking in the backfield way too much. Way too That's much. That's what happened on the locket touchdown. You right. said it was constantly throughout the game. Constant. I mean, it was even on there was a few third downs where, you know, he's got the little slot out route and he's peeking in the backfield like trying to look where Russell's looking he's always done this though. he's always done this I feel like it's worse than ever now it's actually affecting like his backpedal and his technique and things like that I think they've allowed 84 points in the last three games the Rams yeah is it a systematic issue or is it just individual plays like that that are allowing big plays? I, I believe it's systematic issue yeah I have no problem with what their defense is doing it's just been a mistake by a guy here or there, and it's been him several times, really, the last few weeks. Where you just go, "Come on, man! Like, you know, just play your guy. Stop. You don't. It's not always going to be a pick six. There's a time to take those chances. That's what happens when you get a pick six in week one. The you rest got, of the year, you you're like, I want that rush. Yeah, you got to balance it. And he's been known for that, and that's he's been amazing at it. But he's getting burnt for it right now. At the same point, you said the Seattle run game is real. It is real. It's uh, the, the last. This is not just a fluke that they've been really sticking with it, and running thirty times a game. I yeah. mean, they ran a, they ran well against Arizona. Yep. Uh, they ran well against Dallas. Exactly right. So there's three weeks in a row. That's three weeks in a row. Yeah. It's and, real. And you think that their offensive line, which has been much maligned for the last few years, the size of them you're seeing right now is it's it's really good with this Schottenheimer offense. Schottenheimer offense. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Mike Davis runs hard. They both do. When you're, Chris you're right. Carson's healthy, he's going to run hard. You're right. They run. That's what, I, I don't look at them and go, ooh, they're really talented. I just go, man, they got good vision and they run hard as hell. I am hoping yeah. the impact that Tom Savage had on Deshaun Watson, yeah. where Tom Savage isn't a great quarterback, but he <laughs> throws hard and it caused Deshaun to throw harder, right, right. that I'm hoping Mike Davis can have that impact on Rashad Penny. Yeah, me too. That you go, listen, you're a really talented guy. Yeah. Killed it at San Diego State. Right. Here's a deal. you got to run at another level. Yeah. I think I think you're there. What's what? I mean, if you read what Pete's been saying over the last few weeks, I think that's exactly what it is. I need him to want it. He needs to want it. And he went through training camp and then got hurt and he got out of shape. It sounds like a little bit. And yeah, now he's beyond the. He'll get his chance again. And he's going to be foaming at the mouth when it does happen. Mm. And we'll see what he's made of. But to your point with the offensive line, hey, Schottenheimer, this is why I, I was glad he was the OC. This is if there's anything to say positive about Brian Schottenheimer as an OC, it's his run game. It's real. And he has a, some interesting concepts. They're old school. And damn, with um, Britt at center, uh, Fluker at right guard, oh. uh, Effetti at right tackle, Dwayne Brown at left tackle. Yeah, they're big. And J.R. Sweezy, 
They are Who's not. Who's a mauler? Is a mauler. They're all maulers. Where I just go, yeah. I mean, if, if you're all patient with them, at, at, then pass protection is an issue. Yeah. Yes, it is an issue. But it is funny because look, I like teams that zig when everyone else sags. Yeah. And because we're in a throwing league, playing Seattle is almost like playing Georgia Tech in football. Yeah, I hear you. You're not going to see a team that runs 32 times. And you know what? If you're not used to pounding, and they are, yeah. Hey, I know. It's like Jets Broncos, right? I, you're right. I mean, I, I'll go back to a quote I heard John Gruden say in the training camp to Derek Carr. He's like, hey, but this league, the rules the way they are right now, guys, defensive players can't even practice tackling. So I'm stupid if I don't run Marshawn Lynch a bunch of times. I loved Mike Davis so, coming out of South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, bowling ball. He was a bowling ball. He's yes. better than I thought he was going to be. I'll say that. That's why I like yeah. Nick Chubb. There's some guys that when I see him at the combine, I'm like, that dude is just made to get low. And, and, I, and yeah, I might be, but you were right about Nick Chubb. I might have been wrong about that one too. Oakland offense, Chargers defense. Jalen Richard is the second best running back ahead of Doug Martin. Yeah, it's a, I don't. They're wasting carries with Doug Martin. I don't know what other way to say it. There's no polite way to say it. I know. I just look at this and go. When Doug Martin was in his prime, John Gruden was living in Tampa Bay and saw how good he was, and he has a love affair with him, and he just hasn't got over the fact of what he is now as a reality. I so they have had the two guys, DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard, now yeah. for like three, four years, right. and both of them. I find to be great change of pace back. Yeah. But if you've watched the Raiders the last few years, you need to know that Jalen Richard is a special running back. He is. He is a great receiver of the ball. Yep. He is a ping pong ball that goes off everybody. Right. He is a perfect complement to Marshawn Lynch. He really is. He is. I, I don't feel like Jalen Richard has been used enough I, for the Raiders for the last few years. I agree. And I don't know. The, the carries are giving to Martin. They should be giving to Richard. It should be the Richard and Marshawn Lynch show yeah. all the way. Uh, you also wrote Martavis Bryan is back. Yeah, he is. I, I mean, like, again, I don't give a damn about the stats. I look at, you know, the movement at the line of scrimmage, the setting up the DB, and the then extra gear on the run. And then, right, yeah. the extra gear, whether it's opening up or the ability to accelerate. I once can't he believe started. he's still in the Raiders. I know. And he, <laughs> he looked as good last week as I've, I really think it's as good as he looked since that year in Pittsburgh. I really Before do. the suspension. Before the suspension, where I just said, man, Martavis Bryant, like teams are going to start looking at him and going, ooh, we've got to be careful about how many times we leave our guys one on one with now him. Right his now, his issues are minimizing the mental mistakes, yep. not fumbling the ball sometimes. That was huge. That was an enormous fumble. Yes, it was. But Martavis Bryant as a whole, it's that element that they can add to that offense, an offense that you wrote is good. Right. It's not the Rams, it's not the Niners and yep. Kyle. And you wrote, the offense needs to carry the team. We're five weeks in, not as a team as a whole. Yeah. What's your view of Gruden's offense? Gruden's offense is good. It has everything you want in it. Am I blown away? Did I think we would see a few more things creatively? Yes, I did. I'm not going to lie about that. But I still put Gruden in that next tier of guys, certainly. There's no illogical plays. They don't waste plays. He doesn't run the ball into bad looks. Those are all things I look at first off to just go, wait, is this even realistic what he's asking his team to do? Because if you do too, too many things unrealistic, like, damn, you got six blockers and you're running the ball at eight guys, then I start to go, you're kind of stupid. I don't yeah. know what you expect to happen. He doesn't waste plays like that. So, yeah, I'm not going to say here I'm like, you know, jaw dropped, but it's still really good. My point, though, with their offense is they do have to carry the team. That that their money is on the offensive side of the ball. They're who's the fifth ranked offense in the NFL right. right now? Who's being paid on defense? Nobody. Who gives a damn about their defense? They don't got any players. So yes. they need 
to win like we saw them win a few years ago when Derek Carr was on pace to win the MVP, which was shootouts. Yes. Fourth quarter Derek Carr magic. Gunther's got to take more risks is what you're saying. I, I, I think so. I well, Yeah, or, risks. But either way, the offense can't blow their opportunities. We can't have Martavis Bryant fumbles. We can't, can't have, have any interceptions more at the one. First and goal. That's worse than like just an interception of the one when it's first and goal. Yeah, you don't need to force anything. Right. You got three more shots. What are you doing? This is the second time in three weeks he's thrown an interception on first and goal. You talking about the Dolphins game? Right. That was yeah. first and goal fade. Why? There's and no what's point. crazy is they had that game. I know. So defensively yeah. about the Raiders, you wrote, you expect Conley to be benched for Worley. Yeah, I do. I, I the writing's Darren on the Conley, wall. First, yeah, like first round pick two years ago. What do I, you mean? What's I mean, going on? I just they're rotating corners at a pace where I just go. There's obviously an issue here. You know, um, is he not playing that? He's playing that bad. Yeah, yeah, he's not been good. I, he is not. And I mean, I know he dealt with the shin splints and whatever else for like a full year. For me, just from what I saw at Ohio State, he is missing sixth gear. In fact, I would say he might be missing fifth too. He's only got one through four right now, and. Yeah, he's a liability. He's let up a lot of big plays. And, I, you know, Daryl Worley came back from suspension, and he looks good, and they might just trust him more right now. But you know, the Raiders' defense, man, I mean. It's the Raiders' defense. Yeah, there's nothing there. And you also said they have a lot of receivers at L.A. for the Chargers, but you did write that Mike Williams is becoming a go-to guy. He, he really is. When he shows his full athleticism, I, I go, he was seventh pick in the draft. Yeah. Him and Corey Davis are very similar to me. When they show the peak of their athleticism, when Corey Davis takes a corner and plants him in the earth, yeah. where Mike Williams jumps over somebody, I go, right. that's why you went top Exactly 10. right. And is is are you seeing Rivers trusting Mike Williams more? I do, yeah. Like especially like I always look at. I would the, imagine in the red zone. Yeah, the red zone, even in the middle of the field, like he's trusting them to like sit in the right area, and I'll throw the ball high here, and you'll go up and catch so it. So he's not above Keenan, but is he now above uh, Ty- Williams? I feel Tyrell like, Williams. I feel like it's very close. I and during the game, I start. I there was a few times where I was like, Man, where's where is Tyrell Williams? Like what what's happened here? Like you know, and he still caught a few balls. Keenan is their Mister Everything guy. Then Tyrell yes. and Mike Williams get more of the tougher. And then Travis over the Benjamin middle. goes deep. Right, and I mean, he's not even back healthy yet. So It's a beautiful setup. And then Antonio Gates is only red zone. <laughs> um, I will say this. Uh, I will be contrarian. Everyone loves to freak out when John Gruden says, I need a better pass rush. Right. Uh, how could he say that? How not self-aware? Khalil Mack, you traded him, blah, 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 blah. Look, John Gruden traded Khalil Mack. But is he not supposed to say that he needs Thank more you. from his pass Agreed, rush? Right. What is he supposed to say? Yeah. Oh, we, we need more. You know what? I did trade Khalil Mack. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, how dare no. I ask you guys to rush the pass Look, there's, he needs more from the guys that he has. But he, he can't say that that's not an issue right now. No. He's just openly saying it. But for a lot of people, how unself-aware is he? Look, I, I don't know what to tell you. They were not going to pay Khalil Mack $100 million. They didn't think that's what they needed. I understand that he's out there, and Khalil Mack has more statistics than the Raiders do as a whole defense yeah. in some categories. Right. But some franchises aren't built to pay that much money. No, They have an enormous contract to Kelechi Osemele. They have an enormous contract to Derek Carr. They don't know what they're going to do with Amari Cooper. They gave a lot of money to Donald Penn. They gave a lot of money to Rodney Hudson. Uh, they gave a lot of money to the other guard. Like They spent a lot of money Gabe on their Jackson. three. Gabe Jackson. A lot of money on their three interior guys. That's what I mean. The offense has to perform. That's yeah, what their so, money is. So the thing is, is they had a lot of money allocated, and then they, they just decided, you know what? 
we're not going to be able to pay Khalil Mack, which I don't think was a smart decision, but that was their plan. That was their plan. I don't think they could legitimately pay him. I think and that's, that's the, the biggest, other thing is I right. think also there's a money issue there's, with the Raiders. Exactly right. I don't think they had the liquid cash to go, here's the $40 million right People off the bat. People think it's Madden and that there isn't a business owner running a franchise right. that also goes, listen, I don't want to pay that much money this year. Yeah. People think that it's just, you have that much salary cap left. You will use it. it and these owners are going, I don't need to spend $40 million if I don't want to yeah. because I'm making the same on refreshments and ticket sales as I did last year. Uh, for what? To finish? Because yeah, I don't know. I know. I just think sometimes people There's become punching bags. Yeah, yeah. And then it's, oh, John Gruden. John Gruden's allowed to say that his current pass rushers can improve their pass rushers. He's rushing. also allowed to say that his quarterback is pressing in certain situations. And everybody looks at it like, is this cryptic talk? No. This is fucking John Gruden. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and he can't help it. Watching the film, looking at Derek Carr, listening to them, and having played for John Gruden, where do you think the relationship is right now between Derek and John? Uh, I, I think it's, I would bet it's fine. I would bet you John is complaining a little bit about him behind closed doors to people. Do you I, think he's saying it to his face? Um, I think he's saying what he's saying in the media and he makes his point in the meetings when he just, you'll he'll watch a play like that and be disgruntled and huff a few times, huff and puff. And, and it's a few decision make, decisions that Carr is making, yes, right? It's, yes. he, he probably still likes his physical abilities. I, I think uh, without a doubt. You know, let's not forget the quarterback coach that's there with him too, Greg Olson. He was the OC when they drafted Derek Carr. So I mm. think they're, they're like Derek Carr. I'm not worried about that. But Gruden, yeah, he's not just going to give you a free pass because he likes you. He ain't yeah. that kind of guy. I mean, I will say this. You do look at them. They did. They were driving up and down the field against the Chargers. Yeah. They made a few critical errors. Yeah. They did hang Oh, that 40, game was closer than, yeah. They did hang 45 on a Cleveland Browns defense. Which I know. Which shown to be yep. pretty good. And the Dolphins game, I mean, he put up almost 200 yards with Jordy Nelson alone in the they first half. They were there. Half. Yeah, they were there. They, I mean, there could be a totally different season between and the they Dolphins had, and, and they the had Broncos a, game. They had a 10-point lead on the Broncos and completely let that slip And the away. fullback dropped the ball in fourth and one. One. Yeah. That was a changer. Uh, I believe that's it. You did watch Miami Cincinnati, and I'm sure that you looked at that and went, "Wow, Miami had this game 17 and nothing." Cincinnati's one of those teams. Like here we are going, Miami's going to be frauds. Miami's going to be frauds. But if you really look at Cincinnati this season. Mm -hmm. You love to say the Colts were driving down the field to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they got the Ravens on Thursday night. They got blown out by the Panthers. The Falcons, we know what their defense is, so right. it was an out-duel there. They still allowed 36 points to the Falcons. Yeah. And they were down 17 nothing to the Dolphins yeah. and needed two freak plays to land in their defensive lineman lap. I'm just saying I'm probably going to take the Steelers next week. I'm just saying I'm probably going to take the Steelers is that next who they're week. they're playing this week? Yeah, home well, against the Steelers. I still like Cincinnati. Okay. I do too. Cincinnati was the better team on the field in that game too. Okay, they were. So don't all worry. Right, yeah, seventeen right, nothing right. was deceiving. Really, Miami put together one drive and had Yakeem Grant return punt a seventy-yard punt. Good right. Good point. So the game was a lot more even than you think. You also got to remember, and we just pull up the stats because I know there was a, um, uh, there was a oh the intercept. Andy Dalton threw an interception in the red zone. Rashad Jones made a good play, and I don't know right. why Andy threw it. The ball got tipped in the air. It got intercepted. Intercepted. So those were changing or you know changing of how the game was played type moments. I am still concerned with Miami's offense. I get, that's where I wanted to go with this more than anything. Is it Tannehill? No, it's just I, it's actually Gase. It's just lack of good enough stuff. It really is. I think that's what bothers me. Their O line has issues pass blocking. 
That's a real thing. When Laramie Tunzel went out of the game, yeah. Oh my God. Ten hills under attack. They had, he had no chance. Well, I mean, when he threw those picks to the defensive lineman, he was in a cluster. It was a cluster. Bengals. I mean, Geno Atkins was unblockable. Happy to have him back. It really is awesome when he's good because he's yeah he's like the first Aaron Donald yes. and got hurt and people forget that he was like the first Aaron Donald. But yeah, he uh, was amazing. I, the the yeah the Bengals got talent. We know they, that. Oh, we they know do. that. It's and Marvin man, Lewis's best skill. William Jackson. We just that's another one. William Corner. Jackson and Xavier Howard in that game, they're amazing. They're amazing. Those are two corners that get no love. They get no love. William Jackson has surpassed Drake Kirkpatrick as the best corner on that football team. The fact that they got both is pretty. Awesome. I know. I mean, but I mean, William Jackson is really a guy I look at and go, "Ooh, this is like he's special. He really is." So, where they, is he in the league? I mean, I, I got to probably sit down with my DB thing because I know I made my Xavier Howards in a top five conversation. I'm. I think I feel confident that William Jackson's at the very least in the top ten. Okay. Convo there, and maybe I come up with a list of these guys again here. Josh, what college did William Jackson attend? Um, they were a top-ranked school that wasn't expected to be there the year that he kicked ass. Houston. Ooh, baby. Did I get now, it? Now admit, did you cheat? No, I didn't. Nope. I just pay attention during our draft coverage. I got my Gmail open here. I'm taking notes. Way to go. Check out the other tabs. I thought so. I didn't see anything. I got spot track. Yep. All right. Yep. Very good. (laughs) And go. All right. That's it. Uh, Good film breakdown this week. Thanks. Is there anything else that was going on that you really want to talk about? No. Did you really think I would have been able to type William Jackson without you noticing? And You're right, get with the, the sound answer? of your computer? Yeah, it's, I'm like breaking the. Yeah. Because you were so good, I'm going to give you 60 seconds on the environment. I don't know what you guys read today. You were very emotional. Would you like to do that? Well, I just. just It's 80 degrees and it's the middle of October. That's the first thing. That's I'm a just. I'm a little weirded out that nobody cares. I mean, even you have said something about it the last like week or so. Like. It's 80 degrees and 65% humidity every day in the month of October. Yeah, like and, I'm sweating on the train in and October. And nobody thinks there's anything wrong with that. And I know there's nothing wrong with that when you compare it to the last five to eight to ten years. But I can tell you when I was growing up in October, and I mean in high school, I wasn't playing football games in October that were 80. No, no, I, I remember when I like the tri- Texas. They were. Yeah. I remember trick or treating in October and it being like really fall, cold. Yeah, like fall. I just. And then there's a bunch of reports that came out this week. So What it, were they? Well, I mean, the United Nations who met last week, their huge climate change report came out and like listen, this is not there's no more hoax or hypothesis here. We know. So because we know and a lot of our listeners agree, yeah. what are some things that Chris Sims does to help the earth that our listeners can join in? Oh, well, Chris drives a Tesla first of all. I don't know Our if Our listeners can probably can't do that. I mean, but go for a more eco-friendly car. Oh, eco-friendly car. Okay. Beans not beef. Right, so explain that to people. Well, like beef, uh, cows, it's one of the number one polluters of our air that there is. Because every time you hear a cow go, that's methane that comes out of their mouth. But how does not is, eating them? Well, because then we won't have to waste, let's say, 
eighty percent of our farmland on just cows. So which you is think that if we not also- only are we eating the they're eating the grass and the things that help out the atmosphere, they're polluting the atmosphere because we have become the greatest carnivores on earth. The American male who has to have meat. Red meat three times a day, or they're cheated as an American. It's just not realistic. So that's an issue. All right. Don't leave all your lights on around your house. My wife, she has an issue with this. It's like I come home and I'm like, damn, are we on high alert? Is is North Korea coming? Like, and, and so you use less electricity. I, yeah, I go around and like flip all the lights off. So I try to be uh, efficient there. Okay, one more little nugget that people can do to help the Earth. Mass transit will always help so uh, if you're of- not driving an eco-friendly car. Um, what else am I trying to think of here? I, I wasn't ready for this. Do you recycle? Of course. I mean, to the extent where I won't even throw away my plastic bottle until I see a recycling thing in New York City. I'll have an empty bottle like hanging out the pocket of my bag because I'm like, I'm not throwing that in the trash. This is recycling. I'm putting it in the recycling. I mean, what's wrong? I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to be a better human. Sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that you do. But the head of NASA, the UN climate, everybody is coming out and going, this is a huge issue. We need to act. We know, okay, this is not like hypotheses. And we have one group of people in our country, okay, and I'm not trying to get personal. We have a group of people in our country who really, they're the only people in the world that don't want to accept this matter. They're the only ones. Everybody else is on board and going, huh, this science thing, they're onto something. Yeah. And that was The Environment with Chris Sims. Recycle, take mass transit, get an eco-friendly car, turn the lights off on your home, and those plastic bottles, you better make sure How'd they I go How'd I do, Josh? Assignment. You're great. I was, that was great timing on the outro music there. Okay, just hit at the perfect moment. Yes. He <laughs> was like, put on the outro music before he says something we else. Have, get out of here. We have our betting show tomorrow. Uh, I will get my $20. Uh, we will see how we do. I actually spent it, so I got to go to the ATM, too. God. Making it rain. Four Sims. Peace out, homies. Four Fendrick. Good evening, everybody. And the LEF, KOE. Man. Says, holla, 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 holla. Check out YouTube. Watch the show. Sims and Lefko. We gave Tariq Cohen a bear mitzvah. If you miss it, you're missing out. Peace. Love.